constraints and believe in who you are. And a leader doesn't look like anything. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, I'm a leader about me because I'm vocal and I speak up. But a leader as well is someone that's silent, but is reflective and then brings back their voice with power and conviction. building for Latinas. I am your host, Lucy King, Latina money, business coach, speaker, and first-gen investor on a mission to teach Latinas how to stop overworking and learn their money story and start building wealth. You are listening to Say Hola Well podcast, episode number 10, how to use your voice at work with Cindy Alvarez. Cindy Alvarez is a career confidence coach helping first-gen professional level up in their career journey, empowering women to lead authentically and use their voice to create opportunities for growth. Hello, Cindy. Welcome to Say Hola Well podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to be here. Great. Thank you so much for um, agreeing to be a guest on the podcast, because I believe, in my opinion, that you have a lot to share that definitely is going to benefit all of the busy mujeres out there. So I'm going to go ahead and just go into business because I know you're probably busy right now. And I want to start by asking you, just a question um, about how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? Yeah, so I was very fortunate to be raised as my parents were going about their entrepreneurship and building their own business. So by the time um, I was, you know, into middle school, my parents had jumped to a new level of income and we had moved to Orange County, California, which is pretty affluent. And money was not talked about. It was very silent. We didn't, I didn't know about expenses as far as I thought we were financially stable. And I now have realized that my parents were very in the moment with their finances, especially as entrepreneurs. Um, they didn't have a 401k or things like that. They actually invested into the stock market. So when I went to college, um, that is where the housing market crisis happened in 2008. And from going about silence with the money conversation, that same thing happened as my parents lost maybe five or six houses. I knew they were struggling, but we necessarily did not talk about it. Even as my parents have tried to recover from that, we still don't talk about finances or long-term planning. And we're barely having those conversations with my parents about what is your retirement plan? So I feel like in general, my my relationship with money is we don't talk about it. It's there, it spends, you come and go. And when there are issues, um, it's a continual spending without um, wanting to admit that there are issues. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and thank you for your honesty, because this is one of the main um, mission of the podcast is that we want to really just start normalizing the money conversation and 
it's so incredible that even though your parents were struggling, they were just not talking about it. They were just, they're probably thinking like, we're just going to have to figure it out, but they don't understand the importance of really introducing first gen in that conversation of money. Like, Hey, this is what we did. This is what didn't work that way. We can learn from their experiences as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. So throughout your journey, um, as a daughter of uh, immigrants and as a busy professional now, what are some of the money beliefs that you had to unlearn to help you become a confidence coach? You know, I had to stop discounting myself to attract customers. I often thought, you know, if I'm offering something to my clientele or my customers, they probably don't want to pay that much. It's just an extra expense because that's what I felt like it was an extra expense that they can't afford. And just the same way I couldn't afford at some times extras in my life. So I had to really stop and unlearn that I was discounting myself and know that I am worth it, worth my value and be able to speak up about that. I love it. I love it. And thank you for touching on that because I know that that belief that you had is exactly that belief that I had when I started my coaching business. And it's also that the belief that a lot of uh, mujeres have, right? When they feel that it's an expense for their clients, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be charging X amount of money because it's an expense, right? And that is a money belief that we also have to shift that when we are spending money in ourselves, it's not an expense, it's an investment that is going to help alleviate some headaches, is going to save us time, and is literally going to give us the confidence that we need to attract the people that we want to work with. So Fantastic. Thank you for answering that. What has been one of the biggest investments um, that you've made in yourself in the last three years? You know, working with you, I worked with you as a financial coach. And now one of my biggest money lessons is investing. And as you grow in your career and your income and salary increase as a first gen professional, you know, at first I thought, you know, wealth is making it with my bills and being steady and not having an issue. And then what happens when you have surplus and you don't know what to do with that surplus or think long term. And that for me was I was mismanaging mismanaging my surplus. I didn't know what to do with it. I felt guilty for spending it. Um, I didn't know where to put it. So investing is one of the biggest things because I need to start thinking smart and long term and understand that as a first gen professional, we have a lot of privileges that our parents didn't have. And just because they didn't have those conversations about investments or still I'm educating my mom, you know, and she's in her late 60s about what is an investment. And she's never invested before. So that is my biggest money lesson is thinking smart with my money and making my money work for me, as opposed to me just working for money and it going and disappearing. It's actually having a return. Thank you. And just to just to clarify, you're still spending money, right? Like, oh, I spend money. You're still going and buying things. I believe, uh, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, I sat through your uh, Instagram stories, how you were just inviting people to rest and enjoy life. And I was just loving 
you know, from a um, outsider perspective in a way, I was just loving how confidently you were saying that. But also in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, well, she's enjoying life, but she's letting her investments work for her because she now understands how the process works, how the buckets, the importance of paying herself first. And so you're still enjoying life. So I was I was drinking my coffee just thinking I love watching my clients because you were one of my clients for those of oh, yeah. that don't know. Um, and I love seeing that because look at you. Now you're teaching your mom some of the things that, I tell you, and I'm pretty sure that you're even learning more and more as you go. So yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. And I think it's true. It's about investing. You know, I invest first, right? But then also as a career and confidence coach, I know it's important to have priorities and what you want to invest your time into in your life. So I have my three priorities, which is my relationship with my son, um, my networking, and being able to be more family oriented. So this month I didn't, when I have a surplus, I now think, what am I going to do with it behind it? That's intentional. So it's planning a Disneyland trip. It's planning a vacation with a boyfriend. It's doing things and making sure that there's intention behind what I'm spending and I feel less guilty doing it. So I'm still spending, but I feel less guilt. <laughs> I, I love that you're sharing that. And I'm going to have to ask you about the boyfriend because... <laughs> You know, I like some cheese too. Yeah. Um, are you having conversations right now with you, with your boyfriend about money? Yes, I've checked his credit score and all. <laughs> you I know, it's it. funny because what I learned from you is money mindset. So we talk a lot about um, his different background of growing up in mine and how we have to get rid of those limiting money beliefs. And I'm trying to analyze where does he fall with his money beliefs? And I can't have that negative mindset of I will always be broke or all of those things into my life, you need to be a positive thinker about money because that's how I think about my money. So that's very much a topic. I love that. And just to let everyone know that is listening to the podcast, I do have another episode that is going to be uh, out it, that is going to talk about how to manage your finances with your partner. And I have a, a guest speaker that I personally admire. And it's a he, as an hombre, that I believe is an incredible man that has a lot to share. And I can't wait for you and everyone else to listen to that podcast. So let's, let's dive into the topic that is um, something that I believe is needed in our community, particularly because of the cultural beliefs. So how to use your voice at work is what we are going to be talking about. So Tell us why it's important for mujeres to have their voice heard at work. You know, I really strongly believe everyone brings their value. Everyone brings value to the table. And there is something that I have seen is that people don't want to voice out because they're afraid of criticism. And I think the more you own who you are, that's important. There's this quote that I like from Aristotle, and it says, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't say anything or 
do anything, you're not going to grow. And people need to hear your voice. And there is something unique about you. And that's what I kind of work with my clients about is really teaching them the talents behind themselves and having less fear in using their voice. I'm getting goosebumps as you're speaking. And I'm like, yes, we need you. We need you to help us with that confidence at work because as first-gen professionals, there's a lot of times where we have the belief that we don't belong, right? Especially if we are in rooms where diversity is lacking, we start feeling the imposter syndrome, the limiting beliefs and the unworthiness as well that we need to unlearn because as you're saying right now through this podcast is our voice matters and we need to use that. So what are some some actionable steps that mujeres can take to overcome the fear to use their voice at work? Yeah. So what I have learned is that if you're not using your voice, then you're probably in your head. So we need to sort what's in your head, mujer. Like, so that would be the first step. So I would recommend doing a SWOT analysis. And I know a lot of times we think about that in a business, like what are my strengths? What is the business's weaknesses, opportunities, threats? But a great actionable step is for your individuals to do that about themselves. Sometimes we highlight too much of the weaknesses and then when we get to the strengths, we don't know what to say about ourselves. So it's important that if you want to overcome the fear of using your voice at work, you need to know where you where you lie, where are your strengths, what are things that you bring to the table so you know you have more confidence in yourself. And then also those weaknesses, um, make sure that those weaknesses Sometimes people, when they write them down, you know, it's like, is that really my thought about myself? I feel like Mm. when you do the activity and you write it down and say, oh, I don't speak up enough or this and that, you're you're kind of um, really being negative and harsh, a very harsh critic to yourself. So sometimes a lot of my clients will write down the weaknesses, but you review them, you know, once a month and then realize that maybe those weaknesses are opportunities for growth as opposed to a weakness. But I would say that best thing is to write it down, know your strengths, and believe in who you are. And a leader doesn't look like anything. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, I'm a leader about me because I'm vocal and I speak up. But a leader as well is someone that's silent, but is reflective and then brings back their voice with power and conviction. So um, just know your strengths. Thank you. I love that you're using the sweat analysis to help mujeres really own their voice. And I just want to add on what you said about, you know, how we think about ourselves is so impactful, but also just like money, we have to understand that some of those beliefs are not our beliefs. And, and I love that you're doing that exercise with your clients because that will clearly tell them, like, if I feel like I'm, I'm too loud, right? Because in the cultura, that's something that we often hear that, oh, you're too loud. You need to quiet down, right? And it was the case for me. And, mm-hmm. and that sometimes will prevent us from speaking up at work, right? So understanding like, well, maybe I'm too loud. Is that really my belief or is it my mom's? or my uncles, or my dad, or my amigas sometimes, right? Because our amigas sometimes will give us some tough love and even say that we need to tone it down. So love that you're doing that. 
Now, at work, there are some mujeres that are working with supervisors or colleagues that are constantly pushing their agenda on them and it's uncomfortable for them, but they're not ready to speak up. How can they use their voice to stop that? Yeah, so it's important that when you're in the workplace that there's healthy boundaries, right? So the best technique that I would say is when someone is coming to you with their personal agenda, personal opinion, um, personal wants and needs, you need to approach it with a logical mindset. Um, that's why it's really important to have a strong understanding of your role within the company, a strong understanding of what are the mission and goals of the company, because when things arise and they come to you with personal issues or personal you know, requests, you can then back up and respond in a logical manner that actually is like aligning their requests with your job like you can push back and so for example let's say your boss is wanting you to focus on a project that's more in their realm or their area that they should be focused on you can respond with right now these are the things that are priority on my plate would you and everything email is key you want to communicate via email so if someone's pushing back with you and it's in person, that's another thing I would say is respond in the email, recap the conversation, keep everything documented. Documentation is key. So what I would say is think about the logical perspective. Sometimes people can get on your, you know, get in your ear and really take an effect on your attitude at work, but don't take their personal feelings as personal, I guess, respond to it with logic. And that's how you can kind of get out of those situations. Thank you so much for that. Everything you said, I'm like, yes, as someone who was previously hiring people, having those conversations through email is key. Because realistically speaking, there are some supervisors out there that like to micromanage, that like to really make us feel that we're just a number, right? And we're not, we have we have a mission, we have a, the power to use our voice. And just as you were saying through the podcast is we have our own strengths and we have to utilize it. Now, everything you're saying is wonderful, but there is at least one mujer that is listening to the podcast right now and, and is thinking, oh, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. Like it sounds great, but I'm afraid because I have been told numerous numeral times by my parents, my community that calladita te ves más bonita. What would you say to that mujer? You know, I would say that you are privileged enough to use your voice. And, and that that phrase comes from a fear of being ostracized, comes from a fear of our parents being immigrants and not wanting their identities to come out, not wanting their true selves to come out. But we're in a day and age where your authenticity matters. And the more you hide who you are, the more, pe I, I guess, 
The more you hide who you are, I believe everyone has a light to themselves and everyone has a purpose. And if you're not fulfilling your purpose, the world is in a better place. So that's what I always try to think. If you're being quiet and you have that, you know, something in your gut you want to say, something on your heart that you're passionate about and you never say it, that could be one person that you're helping out and they needed to hear you, but you weren't strong enough to do that, right? So first of all, that phrase is stemmed from fear, but if you are scared of speaking up, make sure that whatever you say is intentional. Like before, you know, don't make it personal. Make sure that when you say things, you're aligning it with the company goals, mission, values as your backbone to your statement. You're not saying it as a personal, I, Cindy, believe this. You're saying, for the betterment of the company, this is what I believe. For the betterment of the department, this is my beliefs. And you back it up with research or data, things like that, so that it's not personal. Um, people always say in meetings, I come off a little harsh, not harsh, but I'm so tr true about my statements and I bring it about and articulate it in a way that people have to respond because I'm not making it personal. I'm tying it with a logical mindset. So that can't really be argued with. And I have less fear. And it shows on your confidence too, right? I mean, just oh, the yeah. way you speak, that way you present yourself that way you're able to become the confidence coach that you are you now are and i i'm just drooling over here <laughs> <laughs> like where were you like 20 20 10 years ago yeah <laughs> uh, so um how has using your voice at work helped you achieve success and increase your income of course yeah, you know, by using my voice, I'm not just using my voice in meetings, but I'm also using my voice to make connections. And I think that's the biggest thing. Being first gen, you have to build your professional networks. So uh, people know who I am by using my voice, by speaking up in meetings with other departments. I'm not afraid to put myself out there. Um, that has really opened me up for new career opportunities. People that are not in my area offer me new opportunities. I was, you know, given an advancement at my job, a new role, and I get to learn more from other people. So I think, you know, whatever field an individual is in, you want to be able to build your network with other people in the same field because they can give you advice on how to negotiate, what you can negotiate for, um, and different plans like our benefit plans all those kind of things but i would say using my voice has really increased my professional networks which has landed me career opportunities because a lot of things are not posted a lot of jobs are word of mouth and it's who you know right so you want to be able to make sure that people know who you are and by using your voice they they know who you are and I have to ask, did you get the salary increase? Yes, I did. <laughs> I got the salary increase and I negotiated. So it's really good because the more you know, the more that you're able to do. So for example, some companies within their HR office have manuals, have um, different documents. So you can learn a lot about the ins and outs and what they can really offer you. Great, so mujeres, Take note of that because you want to make sure that you are asking for your worth 
And I know that sometimes those money-limiting money beliefs get on the way of you really showing up confidently, but uh, Cynthia is here to help you if you need any help. I, I mean, I, I'm in love with her because I just agree with everything she's saying. <laughs> so um, Cindy, can you share with us what has been one of the most significant investments that you've made in yourself or your business in the last few years? You know, actually, Lucy, it's you. <laughs> I hired you as my financial coach, and that made a big difference. You know, in the past couple of years, I was going through a divorce, um, newly single mother, moved to a new area, and I was really shamed in my spending. I... I was proud at one time to be so good at budgets and then through my divorce I spiraled into feeling really out of control with my with my finance and I just kind of gave up on it and no one held me accountable. So I think the biggest investment was investing in a financial coach and being able to help be held accountable and I wasn't alone and I no longer felt defeated in it. It just seems so overwhelming. It's kind of like when you don't go through your budget and you know you want more money and you know you need to look back into your finances, like doing that is so hard. But I think having someone to coach you and cheer you along the way and teach you how to do it, it's easy and manageable and I have systems in place now and that was probably the biggest investment for me because before I was just so shamed and filled with guilt that you know how can I make so much money but then live paycheck to paycheck where does it all go and um, being able to work with you I realized my limiting beliefs and I spend more and I feel like I have more money I don't know it just everything's kind of changed around in my life. Well, thank you for saying that. I'm like teary, like I'm crying over here. <laughs> I'm like glad we're not having that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I'm super emotional. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, wow, like I wasn't expecting you to say that at all. So I'm like, I have no tissues. I'm a mess and I still have to ask the next question. So thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate you and and I, I truly believe in the work that you're doing. And I truly believe that you are living your purpose, which is why I'm so passionate about Tacking Dinero because managing your finances literally leads you to your purpose. So yeah. Okay. Let me put myself together so <laughs> I can ask the next question. Um, what is your definition of wealth? You're so funny because what you said right now, my definition of wealth, and I have written down is freedom to live with purpose. And that's exactly <laughs> what you just said. You know, having the ability to do what I love to do and live with purpose, I have a lot of intentionality, like I've said before. And I am at a place where I don't feel as stressed going to work. I think that's what wealth is about, right? You don't have to feel confined to a job um, or to doing something at the, all the time or feeling restricted. That's what for wealth is for me is freedom to live with purpose, to live with intention, and to have that financial stability for me and my son, um, for his future, to set him off right and to also teach those skill sets. I love it. Okay, <laughs> let me 
I'm like, I was like, I wish I had someone that I could just be like, bring me some tissues, but I'm, I'm home alone. <laughs> so uh, Cindy, where can people find you and what, what do you offer for mujeres to work? With yeah. You? So I'm a career and confidence coach and I help empower first gen professionals, learn about their strengths, articulate their worth, negotiate all of that good stuff. So I have a blog, YouTube channel, and I offer courses. There's actually a free one. If you need to build your confidence in your interview skills, I have a free course online. It's www.soymujerike.com. And my IG is soymujer.ike. So if you look me up, you'll find me. So I'm excited to connect and to have all of us level up in our careers. Because, you know, like Lucy, you said, you wish you had me 10, 15 years ago. Too many of us are in this, you know, hamster wheel of having to navigate the workplace and having to figure it out on our own. And and I'm very much about, no, let's empower, let's get rid of those three, four years of having to figure it out on your own and let's do it now and set you up for future advancement. I love that. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. It has been an honor to interview you and it literally has been an honor to be your coach and also just watch you grow and the the work that you're doing is so much needed and the impact that you are creating it's priceless so thank you so much for coming to the podcast thank you for having me mujeres thank you so much for listening to the podcast if you find value on this episode don't forget to share it with your amigas And don't forget to subscribe whenever you listen to podcasts to be notified when the next episode releases. It would also mean the world to me if you can make time out of your busy mujer schedule to write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Are you spending time on social? So are we. Come say hola to us. You can find us on IG under at Viva La Budget and Finance. And if you are ready to take charge of your finances and your dinero, check out the show notes to get started and apply to work with us. Hasta la próxima, Bici Mujer.